So, welcome to our pilot episode of the Black Japan Podcast. We are a podcast dedicated to talking about the, interse the intersection between black culture and Japanese culture. And so we all obviously like Japan, I would assume. That's why we're here. No, I hate it. Good to know. I hate but it every uh, single day I was there. <laughs> Good to know. But uh, yeah, I mean, just like... Let's like talk about how we got to kind of like where we are and kind of like our careers and like Japan or like kind of like our like aspirations for Japan. Let's see. Would you like to go? How I got to how I started how I started living in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even um, like how you got interested in Japan. Okay. Uh, well, when I was a kid, I was. I had a cousin that was living in Nagasaki, and she really suggested, she's the first person who ever suggested that I study abroad. And so I did when I was 17 for one summer. I was just, just one month, and I loved it so much that I decided to come back for college. I ended up going to university out there, and then I graduated, and after graduation, I wanted to stay. So I stayed and went to language school, interned at a company, and then eventually got my career started out there. I work in marketing and communications, and I had a lot of fun, but then with COVID and, you know, I started to feel a little bit of career stagnation. So I decided to just move back to the States. And I thought, why? That was the worst mistake you've ever done. Hmm. I am, mistake here number I am one. trying to leave this godforsaken country. And you're just like, whoop de doo time to come back to the place where black people were enslaved for like over 300 years. <laughs> I mean, if we're being like frank, we're like all we really no one was anywhere we else. Like, like I know, right? Like no, also, like no one in Japan was going to pay me what the companies in here, like in America, are going to pay me. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying it was 100% fueled by money, but also, you know, career stagnation really had me in a chokehold. Like I wasn't really going anywhere in my career if I stayed in Japan. And I thought, in order to really step up my career and move forward with my life, I, we're, what a better place to do it than in the huge commercial capital of my native country in the United States here in New York. So I was like, you know what, let me just move to New York, continue my career in marketing communications. And I am happy I made the choice, but at the same time, I really did like living in Japan. I really, I definitely struggled with the reverse culture shock coming back. And I definitely wouldn't trade that experience for the world. It kind of made me into who I am today, having spent almost eight years there. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know. It's that long. Yeah, like it would have been eight years exactly, like if I had moved back a month later. So, like, I just rounded up to eight because wow. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, here, here we are, the basic ass weebs. Like, I, I, I like anime. <laughs> I mean, that but was. I mean, it was like so for me at least. When I went to Japan, it was like I never trust. So, I mean, I'll get into like why I went. I went to Japan to begin with, but for me, it was like in a like a big culture shock because when I was a very like Rapunzelly kid. So I what is that supposed to mean? mean Your hair was long? I, I, I was going to explain, Daniel. Uh, yeah. It meaning like I never really traveled outside of the country. I never, I barely ever traveled out of the state. I went as far as Brooklyn. I was like, that's enough travel for me. Not From of my Bronx own to Brooklyn. Free, here's my I, uh, Harlem. <laughs> Mr. World, Mrs. Uh, World, World but it wasn't of my own volition. It was because that's how my lifestyle just happened to be. So it was also just like, hmm, I wanted to like, you know, go big or go home, right? So that was the first time going out. And it was just interesting to go to a whole other country like as a first time. But how I ended up getting involved, like interested in Japan altogether was that when I was a kid, I was super into anime and like manga. Though I didn't know that's what it was called. I just was like, oh, the library, it has these pretty books. 
Didn't know they were Japanese. I just like, okay, awesome, great. And then like as I got older, like, oh, this is Japanese me. This is anime. This is anime. This is manga. Then learning about the Japanese culture, I guess, well, as much as I could, because you know, fiction is, you know, fiction, as much as I could through the books and everything and the, the media in general made me realize like, wow, I would like to travel out there someday and like see what it's like. Cause it, again, like I never was I never really traveled anywhere really. So going to Japan was like the first big move for me would have been like a great, like, you know, a great thing to do. And then also just do it, giving it a test run to see how it feel like. Cause I after realizing that I love Japan, like or at least I'm very interested in Japan, I want to see how it would be like if I ever lived out there. So going abroad, which is what me and Daniel had did when we were in college, we like that was like my test run, and I was like, yeah, I would yeah. absolutely stay there because one, it just the birthplace for all the media that I love so much, and two, Japan is super. It's oh my god, the cleanliness. The food, the people are clean. I will, I will feel like the same thing with you was saying like you had like a reverse culture shock because going out there, I didn't have a culture shock. I was like, oh, okay, people are actually acting. <laughs> it's just like the anime. <laughs> <laughs> no subtitles, but damn, it's just like two D. But then coming back, I was like, damn, we live like this, like <laughs> with the, the the dirtiness and then the, all. That. I was like, yeah, oh yeah. shit, man, it sucks here. Mm -hmm. But you know, financial, I would say I would agree that you. Especially, I have a couple of friends that live in Japan that work as teachers. Some of them work as office, and they're also black people as well. And they give they have like the same experience. Like, it's not that financially beneficial, depending on what you do as well. But mm -hmm. you know, yeah, that's why work from home. If you could do it, if you, if you could like work for like an American company, but do it in Japan, oh man, that would be like super amazing. But digital nomads probably one of the best ways to go. I know. Which is why I'm digital nomad. Like you know, you work remotely from anywhere in the world. You like the Avatar, but cyberpunk. Yeah. <laughs> all conquering all nations. Exactly. Financially. But uh, yeah, so like I guess for me, um, I also have like weeb aspirations for Japan. So, like, during, like, high school, most of my friends spoke Spanish, and I saw that. Oh, and I not to cut to you off. Yes, that was the but other to, thing. But to cut me off, yeah. So, about cool. to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, uh -huh. that's the other thing. Yeah. I, I, since I do art and writing and everything, I was really interested in doing animation in Japan. But the way the financial gain is looking out there for that, I don't know about that anymore. Well, before I was rudely interrupted... I did say excuse me. <laughs> I think. A bit too late though. Anyway, but like my like aspirations for Japan are to kind of like work like in the Japanese music industry, and that's because during high school most of my friends spoke Spanish, and that led me to want to like communicate in like another language. But by that time, like you know, I didn't want to learn Spanish anymore since they forced us to learn it. So my friends and my weeb friends, so no, so my teacher and some of my what was it? it was like some of my weeb friends. And my teacher, my uh, social history or like history teacher, intro introduced me to anime through like Samurai Champloo. And I watched Samurai Champloo and I'm like, Amazing taste, yeah, first of all. Yeah, like, I yeah. just gotta say, I love that anime so much. Yeah, so like, I watched that anime. I'm like, Holy shit, Japan's like, that's like in all peace, this new history Japan. And like, you know, as like a first generation Jamaican American, you know, I do understand Jamaican culture, but I don't, like, I'm not Jamaican. But at the same time, I'm not, like, you know, when you, when you, you look at America. You are Americanized, Daniel. Yeah, no, well, it's not, it's not even being Americanized, because it wasn't like I was something else that I, that I was Americanized. But, like, I just felt lost culturally, because, you know, on the American side of things, like, America only has, like, 400 years of history. 
of which our history is like ninety <laughs> percent slavery, and well, like you know, like a lot of it is like slavery. And then you know, because I didn't grow up in Jamaica, I don't consider myself Jamaican, you know, fully culturally. Even though I, I do understand that. Jamaican culture up to like a certain point, so I felt lost. And then anime came to save the day, and now I am a fully converted weeb. Not him dreams. saying he found himself oh, through anime. Let me finish my introduction. You get to have your character moment. Cece got to have a character moment. I mean, but what about I, I get me? the whole first gen like immigrant yeah. kid struggle thing because like I'm first gen on my dad's side, second gen on my mom's. But I will say that living in Japan for a long time, kind of and juxtaposed against a completely different culture from my own, mm-hmm. made me really reflect on my own culture as a black woman, as a black American, but also like my dad's West African. Yeah, my mom's Jamaican American, so like I. I started to think more deeply about my own culture and became a lot more introspective as a result of yeah. being not isolated, but in a having thrown myself into a completely different culture. Yeah. Actually, yeah, because that's like it's interesting that, oh, I'm, I'm not going. Oh no, because like um that's the reason why I felt compelled to start this podcast because I started meeting like a lot more black people during the past past year, past year and a half that speak Japanese or have some sort of ties to like Japan. So I'm like it'll be really cool getting our stories, you know, kind of like, you know, talking about that like intersection between, you know, Japan Japanese culture, pop culture, and, like, American, black American pop culture and stuff like that. Because, like, I I tell people this, and it sounds kind of insane, but I learned to love my blackness when I was in Japan. Like, before, I guess you could say I was a bit, like, a a little bit like a self-loathing back black person or, like... I like I like I like I had like a different relationship with my blackness before <laughs> coming to Japan. But seeing how like Japanese people appreciate like a lot of like black pop culture and black media and stuff like that really kind of like just like you know, just like made me feel good about being black, if that makes sense. I would agree. I feel like I, I feel well my I feel like my main introspective moment was more like just what is my status as like a foreigner in Japan but then like I know when I first got there I was like yeah a black person a black woman in particular like in Japan definitely made me realize like cause, you know in America we don't have well we do and we don't like obviously in America there is like I guess racial difference awareness like oh this person's black this person's white so on and so forth but in Japan, it like I feel like it took it to like an, a like a whole new level for very obvious reasons. Because especially where we were in, like where were you in when you were in Japan? I was in Tokyo. Okay, so I feel like so that's I, I know for a fact Tokyo was super different than where we were in Fukuoka. You was there before, right? In Fukuoka. So Fukuoka is literally like the suburb, a suburb. No, of No, no, no. Fukuoka is the is so like Fukuoka City specifically is kind of like the uh the atlanta of like japan in a sense where i like, actually strongly disagree no really no it's just okay hear me out like, in, like no, what in, I mean, com- in, compa- in comparison to yeah. a place like tokyo no yeah like i mean like functionally it's kind of like atlanta compared to new york where like a lot of culture like a lot of like artistic stuff does happen but people flock to kind of like new york slash tokyo more to like you know, get their career started. But actually, like, no, a but, lot of... No, when yeah. I say, like, suburb, I mean, because, like, I, I'm putting in retrospect and, like, I'm comparison to, like, America. You know, like, in the city of America, because we in are... In the city of America. Of <laughs> London in is... Any city, <laughs> in any city in America, you know how, like, racial diversity is not very, like, thought... It's, like, 
it, we obviously again we're aware that there's different races in the fucking area, but it's like with, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, you're comparing like, the urban versus suburban lifestyle, yeah, like, because, you definitely see it in New York as well. Exactly, like, and so it's like that with Tokyo because Tokyo because it's such a big central city hub and so many races, like everybody goes there because it's fucking Tokyo. It's like because I say this because when I went to Tokyo and I was there for like a, a couple weeks and I oh well a week and I was like. People didn't really give a fuck that I was black. I don't. I feel like no one even looked at me. If they oh, were, they yeah. were like not doing so as like prominently as they were doing in Fukuoka, and that's why I draw the so they stare suburban more. thing. Yeah, yeah. because oh, actually, yeah. I noticed that too when I was in Hokkaido. Like, cause I went to Hokkaido, and I did notice people would stare a lot more at me in Hokkaido than they would in Tokyo. In Tokyo, people are just like on their phones. They do not give that, a shit. Yeah, so they're mm. not even paying attention to you. But right. when, like Fukuoka, literally the very first day. I got to Fukuoka because it was me and my friend who's also black, right? Got off the train station. This guy's on a bike. Head, <laughs> neck, 360 grudge moment. Not watching us. And I'm like, and that was prominent throughout the entirety of the months I was there. Mm -hmm. And I've never been more, so that's just like the introspective moment that I got. I've never been more aware of who I am. Than when I was in Japan, mm. when it, I wouldn't, but it's like I think it's also like um, subjective and like its effect on you because at least in Fukuoka and maybe just for me, I never had any issues with racism or maybe I wasn't aware of it or because I just kind of expected it in the back of my head. I never thought to care to. You we know, kind of tend it. to expect the worst when we go overseas. Literally. As black people, we expect the worst. Exactly. So when the worst doesn't happen, we're kind yeah. of like pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah literally, like, I was just like, yeah. oh, okay. Okay, people were just there, but it was like you know it wasn't malicious, yeah. right? Because, like they're not trying like, to hurt me. I like me. the like, joke that like in Japan at night, I'm the scariest thing walking around. You literally, <laughs> yeah, you there's no fear. I've walked, I've done like 3 a.m. 7-Eleven runs, streets but empty, and I'm the only one there, and I see somebody, and they're probably like looking at me like, <laughs> what's gonna happen? <laughs> It's gonna, I mean, be like, it's, it's gonna be like <laughs> like the movies. <laughs> so it, I mean it's 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 comforting knowing that hey, I won't get assaulted, but it's also like, damn, yeah. I'm not the assaulter either. <laughs> yeah. Because like as I was saying before, like I feel like Atlanta, like, you know, Fukuoka is kind of like the Atlanta of of like kind of like Japan in a sense where like it is kind of like a major city and there is kind of like a lot of like artistic major things happening over there. But it's not the place people will flock to to you know, to you know, start off their career necessarily, and then actually, like I didn't find this out until I was in Japan, obviously, or like in like Fukuoka. But like, there's like so many like famous Japanese yeah. people that come from Fukuoka originally, and then obviously moved to, to Tokyo, mm -hmm. Osaka, um, because that's just like the thing to do. But like, Ishi and, um, you know, Sui, that sense, Sui I feel Ishida, the Tokyo Go creator, he's from. He's from Fukuoka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like crazy. Like so many, like you know, Gainojin and and like stuff like that that come like Fukuoka, but move they up like, to, like stereotype. Tokyo. There's like a stereotype of like women in Fukuoka being gorgeous. I've okay, heard okay, that okay, okay, okay. They, they Let's say get that. Into that. But after 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 this message from our sponsors. We yeah. don't have sponsors, but I need to check on the cameras. About to say we have sponsors. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, wait, can I? Wait, that's fine. And I was just like, sponsors. We love oh, that. Okay, so this was the so we are back from our uh, ad break. What 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 was what was the ad about? Discussing why one of our microphones broke, and thus me and Cece will have to share one. Yeah, let's get real ghetto. This is this is being professional, aren't we? So professional, professionality is my second middle name. 
Oh, oh my God. See, exactly. We love professionalism. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But um, yeah, so as we were talking about, there's this weird thing, this 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 weird idea in like Japan that like girls from like Fukuoka are like the cutest. And there's kind of like two reasons for that. One being the Fukuoka as- accent. And then the Fukuoka accent kind of gets like split up into like different sub-regional accents. But like the general accent is kind of like considered like the cutest in Japan and stuff like that. And then on top of that, people say that girls in like Fukuoka really look different than like other girls in japan like i don't know why but from like fukuoka like that area apparently the girls are just cuter like on a fundamental bio biological level we should like give some reason. context to this statement well the context was like yeah let's like let's like give context one more time for this we were discussing why is it that No, I can't either. Like, the ADHD like, got me in a chokehold. Oh, my God. Like, we were, like, talking about, you Not know. Not us all have ADHD. <laughs> oh, my God. No, Black we Japan were... ADHD podcast. Let's go. Let's go. No, but we were, like, talking about, you know, why, you know, just, like, Fukuoka being the Atlanta of, like, Japan and stuff like that. And just, like, then we started talking about the stereotype. No, you, like, uh, like uh, you brought it up that, like, you know, f- girls from, like, Fukuoka are, like, considered the cutest for, like, whatever reason. And that's where we were. I brought that up because I don't even remember why it was relevant other than It's Loki hella irrelevant. See, look at that guy's getting real ghetto. It's Loki hella irrelevant. What's the fucking word? Irrelevant. There we go. It's hella irrelevant. There we go. To the main topic that we first brought up. I mean, okay. Well, I mean, if we do want to discuss, if we want to relate, if we want to tie it back into the discussion about blacks in Japan, we can say. How they all loved our accents. The amount yeah. of people who told me, oh my God, I love your New York accent. I'm like. Even though they're Japanese, like, they wouldn't be able to tell accents. Like, did right. you tell I'm them? I'm like, huh? You mean they're I like. like New York first and that's why they say. I mean, oh, I would say America, but then it would be like, where? I'd be like, oh, no, like, oh my God, I love. I mean, even like fellow internationals said it. And I'm like, you oh, like yeah, it when I speak weird. illiterate, huh? Yeah. Like, I went to Boston back in like college. No, back in like high school. And like people were telling me, oh, like you got the, you know. Like, you got that New York accent. I'm like, what does that even mean? I Okay, I'm going to be real. I don't even hear your accent. I hear yours, but I don't hear yours. I know. I, was, I, was, I speak like, so ghetto. <laughs> Not ghetto, yeah. but I prefer to say I speak with Ebonics. Not even that, because, like, there's still, like, regional AAVE. Like, even if you speak, like, straight standard English, I still hear the New York accent a little bit. But every time I tell someone from New York that, they're like, what are you talking about? I don't hear it. What are you talking about? I don't hear it. And I'm like, okay. Literally to this day, like so many people have said it. Like even like people, again, who are just regular Americans. I'm like, what is a New York accent? No, especially like, a, no because, you know, like dead ass and like all oh, like those. Like, so just be, so the I, the, a speaking New York accent is equivalent English. New York and a New York accent is equivalent to just speaking with like a lot of ebonics. No. No. No, the New York accent is just literally the way that you talk. Okay, that's just that's you. Okay, are the what New York is accent, yeah. what it? You know the. <laughs> What is all right, so give me an example. Like what is one no, word no, like that it's I guess regular that a New Yorker would say that's different? Like dead ass, that's like a New York original. I feel word. like it, it thank Timberland. you for saying that. Thank you for saying <laughs> that. <laughs> I don't know. Like like you don't know how you speak. You're like you went to school for English. Well, I mean 
There's no excuse for that. Bloop. <laughs> I mean... When it comes to regional dialects, um, I definitely hear the New York accent because I'm not from here. Um, but I'd say that you definitely have one. But then when I was in Japan, like, I remember people would ask me, oh, what part of America are you from? And I'd always be like, I'm from the southern part because I knew that they did not know about South Carolina. What's yeah, a Georgia? They, so, like, <laughs> right. So, like, they're like, they'd be like, oh, like, I would hear that all the fucking time. And then I remember just, like, I just got into the habit of being like, oh, the southern part, down south, down south. And then when I moved back to the States, people were like, oh, so where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I grew up down south. They're like, okay, what state? And I forget, like, obviously, a person in New York knows where South Carolina is. No, but, like, it's true because I guess, like, especially where, like, for foreigners, and especially in Japan, it's like, like, oh, you're from America. All they know is California, New York, south. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's America. And everywhere else. No, they know North Carolina. <laughs> Because I would be like, oh, I'm from South Carolina. And they'd be like, oh, my God, just like Michael Jordan. I'm like, North? North? He's from North Carolina. But they know North Carolina because of Michael Jordan. Well, between, like, Atlanta, both the TV show and the actual city, and, like... If I talk to older people, I would say close to Atlanta, and they'd be like, oh, that's where the Olympics were. Uh, But if I talk to, like, anyone born in or after 1994, they're just like, what? Oh, the show. (laughs) I love Childish Gambino. Not even that, honestly. Yeah. yeah, do they even know Charles Gambino? Is like, I'm about to no. say Charles Gamizo. <laughs> Shout out Charles Gamizo. Yeah. They know this is America because I remember being in the club when that song came out that summer. And whenever they'll play it in the club, <laughs> and I'd be club. like, all right, let's go get a drink. I, like, we'd be like on the dance floor and then they'd play it at the club. And I'd be like, okay, let's go get a drink. Like, I can't, like, I'm not trying to think about oppression. I'm trying to turn up. Like, I don't <laughs> I have right bandwidth now. for this right now. Like, I came here to get lit and forget about my real troubles. But and I would say at least like um just to bring it back to I guess like the experience in Japan, like when it comes to that, it's just like again, I generally feel like you don't get like I wanna say you don't get ostracized, but it's definitely like a wall up between you and Japanese sorry, you and Japanese people. Like and it's ironic. I feel like that wall is up between like especially like in terms of like understanding each other. There's a wall up between you and like the fel- the people who are your age. As opposed to like the older people, the older people seem a little be a little bit more open to like speaking with you and like in general, like in terms of like yeah, that's that's like definitely like a thing with like younger, not like 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 I wouldn't say that's like a more knowledgeable too, but especially because like the whole thing with like communicating with like Japanese people is that you know if they feel like they can't properly communicate with you, they won't, and like I experienced this firsthand because like I was like deeply apart or, like, actively a part of, like, kind of, like, two, like, different, like, you know, um, clubs when I was in Japan, like, a music club and then just a sort of, like, sports hangout club. And, like, you know, I was, like, the only foreigner inside the whole club because they don't really do kind of, like, you know, exchange student, kind of, like, reach out or, like, anything like that because, again, exchange students are, like, only around for, like, a short amount of time and stuff like that. So I had to go out of, like, my way to kind of, like, you know, find these like groups and people and like at first like I want to say people were like apprehensive but as soon as like they like understood that I could like understand them like on a you know like on a deeper level just because of like my like Japanese skills you know that's when I really started to be included in things and stuff like that and that's not to say that it's kind of like I was like being like you know oppressed or kind of like you know any like general sort of like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not like racism, but just general. What's like what's like general racism? 
Xenophobia. Discrimination, like I was being like discriminated against, like anything like that. But like, yeah, it's, just, mean... like, it's just like a matter where like, if you like truly want to experience Japanese culture, I feel like, like, like you need to have like a certain level of like language acquisition. I feel like, I mean, yes and no. I, again, every everything that we're saying is completely subjective. Everybody like has their own opinion about or their own experience about what happened. But I feel like. Because most of my friends, so I had like two, there was two black, other black people who are my friends. It was my friend Gabby and Bria. And I feel like, and, I, and the attack for them is like, all oh, the rest of them were all like, you know, white and Hispanic or whatever. And I feel like they had an easier time making Japanese friends than me. You're too tall for them. Because, you, I mean, it's, it's not my fault I'm, I'm a fucking tree. Like, and Wait, I'm like just 5'7", five, 5'8", five, maybe. Girl, and you made Japanese friends easily? More so than, like, say, I guess it was just me. That maybe, maybe I was so beautiful, I intimidated the <laughs> fuck out of everybody. Maybe that was it. I mean, honestly, I recognize that, like, my personality, I'm just very much an extrovert. Like, I always have been, ever since I was a child. Like, my mom was terrified because I'd always run up to strangers and strike up conversation with them when I was, like, a toddler. And I literally ran off with a random family one time because I made friends with a girl in the family. <laughs> no, I remember I am your like daughter now. I like you have two daughters now. I brought the conversation. I brought this with my mom, and I was like, I "Remember that time at the aquarium when I was like three? And she was like, "Which time?" And I was like, "I did it more than once." And she was like, "Child, I thought you were gonna get abducted." But then I learned that the, the extroverted kids are less likely to get abducted because the child snatchers are like they they see they them want, as liabilities. They want the so I, I never got snatched up as a child, um, but but as an adult, that translated into me like not being afraid to like shake up conversations with people, um, especially if I'm like I found a local bar when I was in Tokyo, and I just would go there regularly. They had really good okonomiyaki, and I made friends with the owner. I was there so often to the point where I was even at his wedding reception. Like him and his wife, they're like my big brother and sister in Tokyo to me, like in Ikebukuro. Shout out to Shinji. I swear that even then it was just so weird because all of my friends, like I, my Japanese friends, I met through him. I didn't make really any on my own. My other international friends did. I felt like it was just like, I don't know. And I'm pretty extroverted too. I mean, well, granted, I will give some like, I will acquiesce and say like, yeah, to an extent. I was a little bit shy about talking to like Japanese people because like I couldn't speak Japanese that well. Like I could read it and write it at the time, but my speaking skills were like poor. But I still would try. And even my friends who didn't speak, I was better off speaking than them. Like if I really put my mind to it, even when they weren't like good friend, good with like even reading or writing, they still made like more Japanese friends than me. So I was just like, I feel like there was a barrier. That's just my personal opinion about it. But. Yeah, yeah, I see. I understand. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, everybody's different for sure, but I definitely feel like with, like, with, like, you know, your personality, if you did, if you if you were more fluid in Japanese, I feel like maybe maybe you, like, wouldn't have, like, felt that. And that, like, isn't, like, a knock against you or, like, anything no. like that. Mm. Like, it's just a matter of, like, you know, learning the language more and, like, stuff like that. But, like, yeah, yeah. It was still overwhelming. I was at the very least, nobody treated me wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's the case with most people's experience. No, even like, especially for, because I know like, um, well, my white and Hispanic friends, they said they felt like they had like some issues with xenophobia. I wouldn't say, I feel like it's going to be sound, kind of sound like a little bit rude, like 
self-centered to say I feel like black people are the ones that get the racist aspect if there were any more than any other races I mean, it kind of in like, Japan it's it's kind of like speaks to an indictment of our society in the United States like growing up black in America and even a black woman in America you're at the intersection of racism and misogyny so like when you grow up double with whammy that, yeah when you grow up with that you kind of go to Japan and you ex you're you're you kind of have a thick skin and like a toughened shell because you expect the worst and so, like, you go to a doctor and you tell them you're in pain, and the doctor believes you. You're like, what? Not to mention the price of healthcare. <laughs> That's so depressing. I know. <laughs> oh my god. We laugh so we don't cry. That and oh, the police too. No police have ever stopped us. I don't even no, think. No, no, that's I the thing stop. about. That's she never like, saw any police officers in Japan. That's the well, thing about where like, we were. The, not at the station, even like the train station. Well, we did. I, were there really any stations? No, no. Nearby? So like, I got. There's, so like, I got like stopped by police. I don't think only, I paid attention. Only then. like, I don't, I don't only, like went to Japan. You know, I got like stopped by police, and like I was just like riding my bike. Not the racial profiling. <laughs> riding your bike in Japan versus internationally. Like, riding your back in America. Two two like completely different endings. But like when I was in Japan. Obviously, so like I was like you know riding my bike like to and from like I was just like going going to like the downtown area like away from like the school and stuff like that. And the police officer stopped me, and you know for like whatever reason, like he obviously saw I was like a you know foreigner, and he just basically asked me, "Oh, is this bike registered? Um, let me see your ID and stuff like that." Um, and like you know, well, actually, feeling, so yeah. about that, I think that's just the bike thing because yeah, my yeah. friend, my friend who was white and she's female. She got stopped for that same yeah, thing. Yeah, so like, so like, that is like, this is like me, this is for me to say that like, racism in Japan is much more about whether you're Japanese or not. Not like anything to do with like generally, and whether you look Japanese or not, because you could have been Actually, like, I yeah. That. So basically, when I was, um, when I was in Tokyo, I was there for eight years, so plenty of time to get stopped. I only got stopped like, like twice, mm -hmm. and that's lucky because a lot of my fr I had some friends who would get stopped all the time. Black? Yeah, like black, and then also like some white people too, depending on where you are. Are they more? Yeah, so that's what I think too. Like I feel like with men, it's different. Like I feel like men get stopped more often. Um, actually, no, I got stopped three times. I lied three times in eight years. Um, one time the cop just stopped and asked me for my ID, and then he had a, decided to have a conversation with me. The they do time. that all the time, apparently. And yeah. I'm just like... They're just lonely. I was just like, <laughs> sir, are you bored? Because my Japanese friends told me this neighborhood is the ghetto, but apparently the cops are so bored, they're stopping me to have a conversation with me. Like, I don't... But like a Japanese ghetto, it can't be... I mean, compared to like well, the ghetto over here. It was, but... Let's just stop you real quick with that one. With the Japanese ghetto, Osaka... Bro, <laughs> that, shit is, that shit is like New York City to the maximum. Really? Like, have you been to Osaka? I heard that the area close to Tsutenkaku. Um, I where I don't think I, I can't remember if I was there, but the one place that really stuck out to me where I was like, "Yo, this is dead ass New York," Osaka Nanba. That was su girl. The trains where they have a train overhead, right? I was like, "That's Bronx right there." And then, <laughs> and then additionally, it was like there were there was graffiti on it. There were trash. I was like. This is not the Japan I know. Did I like walk into like Asian New York or some shit? I mean, like Shinjuku is pretty dirty too. I don't. I don't think it was. This ain't pretty. Kabukicho? Like, like where the where the, where the host clubs are at that area. I walked by Kabukicho right in midnight too. Me and my friend, we would like it was like from one o'clock to like three a.m. I, I didn't 
I've never felt like, oh my God, I'm unsafe, but I'm just like, oh God, it's rats everywhere. But I mean, it's a city, so what do you expect? I so I mean I will say overall Tokyo in general was not as clean as Fukuoka because it's you don't expect that from a city right but I didn't see any rats you did not see rats in Tokyo at all first of all well, like, like you, you like you like lived there for like so long so you probably saw like everything under the sun at some point right I mean I felt like Remy and his friends stayed posted <laughs> the fuck up yeah, in like Shibuya and like and Shinjuku. And, like, sometimes Ikebukuro as well, simply because, like, that's, it's a high traffic area. But, like, in the residential parts of Tokyo, it's more, like, there, there are lots of stray cats everywhere. I kind of, when I put two and two together, I was, like, there are cats everywhere except for these areas because. You got to put the like, cats there and then they'll eat all the rats. But then I remember, like, one, this one summer, there was a Shibuya. In Shibuya, there was a um, family mart. And it got shut down because there were rats. And, like, the video went fucking viral. Wait, okay, I will And say. the rats were just, like, thriving. They were out there just, like, living their best life. One rat was, like, posted up in, like, the okay. baked goods section. Just, like, girl. Like, and I'm just, like, oh, my God. And it got shut down for, like, a month. <laughs> and then they reopened. Oh. But I was just, like. <laughs> I will say one thing. Okay, so. The dirt. Oh, my God. I'll never what? forget the dirt. I'll never forget the dirt. The, the dirt. Yeah, the grime. The okay. filthiness. When it was me and my friend, we were like, it was like fucking 2 a.m. Because we, so me and my friend, we were like in Tokyo. Shout out to that friend. You know who you are. We ended up going on the wrong side of the train. So we, our Airbnb was at the top, the last stop on the um, the Upper Town side. The New South exit? Is that where you went? I remember like there's like the main exit and there's a New South exit and it's a bitch to get to the other side. Well, I'm not sure, but we, we fucked up. And we ended up having to walk from, we ended up taking the train to the last stop downtown. So we had to walk all from the last stop to the very top. The first, like, and that, that was, whoo, that was insane. But we really discovered Japan, like Tokyo at night. Cause we walked through, Ike, we walked from Ropangi, Ikebukuro, Ginja. You did all of that? That, we, it I, was 12 a.m. We got story, home like, at no way because we had to. We didn't. We like we didn't want to spend like fucking a whole rent worth of money for the for the um for the car fare. So the the ta- the ca- English the cab. So it was like, well, we're gonna also see what the fuck it's like. They might oh they might have like fucking drunk businessmen. We seen like face down, ass up, knocked out. <laughs> was insane, but we really saw Tokyo at night, which was dead but dirty, kinda. Except for like the bit, the financial district that was pretty clean. Yeah, we I'm telling you, we walked from the from top to bottom. That us. But you walked from Shibuya to, you walked from Shibuya to Asakusa. It, there it was that was where, that's where Airbnb was Asakusa. So yeah, we. we you can. Uh, how long would that take? That was a three and a half hour. From Shibuya to Asakusa, you walked the entire Ginza Sen. Have to. Okay, you didn't go past Ikebukuro, but yes. I think the line was orange. It's like, yeah, it's like the goldish orange that, with the G. We, yes, yeah. there we go. Yeah, the Ginza Sen, right. Yes. It goes from Shibuya to Asakusa. To. And you have to go through Ueno and like Ueno, like. We walked through, right. walk through um, Ginza and like Shimbashi, Akihabara. Yeah. We walked the entire way. And we realized we, it was like that because we were like, we was at Ike, we was at Akihabara that, later that day. We was like, is that the fucking Sega building? <laughs> and, but to, to sum it up, right? So at one point, like, and we were also drunk, right? So I was like, yo, I gotta pee. And usually, you know, Japan is so known for like clean bathrooms, like, even if it's public. We went to this one, I'll never forget. This shit made a New York transit station bathroom look 
pristine. It was a 7-Eleven and it was on, it was in um, Ikebukuro. I'm like, oh. Why were you Girl, we was following whatever the fuck Google Maps told us. Because, like, we were following what we legitimately followed whatever we followed whatever Ike book um the get the Google Map told us, and we know we realized that yeah, this shit fucked us up. But we went to I just remember that we walked along the train line. That's mostly what I can remember. But so we went. I was like, yeah, I gotta go pee really bad. We went to this family mart, a Seven Eleven, whatever it was. I have never, if I, if, if I, I not, in that exact moment, I became a ballerina. <laughs> and I mean, like, Swan Lake, I've been training for, like, 20 years. I'm a prima donna ballerina. That's how fucking filthy that tra- that bathroom was. I remember, I could just remember, now, even through my drunken haze, that just sold me the fuck up. I was like, that, I don't want to talk about it no more. It okay. was so <laughs> bad. Pro tip, in Tokyo, the trains do typically run until about midnight-ish, but the Yamanote line and the Chuo line run the longest. So if you're staying in, like, central Tokyo somewhere, find the Yamanote line station. If it's, like, like around, like, midnight and you're worried about missing the last, you know, subway, find the Yamanote line station that's closest to where you are. So in your case, it would have been Ueno. If you still had time to catch the Yamanote line, you just go up to Ueno. Or just get get in the northeast somewhere, All right, here's, here's and the then thing. from there you take this taxi, and it's not that bad. Here's, let, me, let me say what happened, though, right? So because we did not bank on that situation happening, and I to this day, this, to this was Japan was a movie. My phone was on ten percent. We didn't have, and my my portable had died, and my friend didn't have a portable. We had a no time to think about what we're gonna do. We were just like. We do not have all this money on hand. Google Maps is telling us what to do. We're getting a free fucking tour of the city at night. <laughs> at night. So we were like, what are we going to do? And then also, additionally, because we didn't know, we didn't have really good Japanese skills. Because like, our Japanese friends had went home because they thought we knew what the fuck to do. Had to get back to the Airbnb. So we were like, there's no cars really coming by. We don't know what service to even call for a cab. We don't got no choice. And I'm saying God exists because we made it home with 3% left on my phone. I don't know how. And this and, y'all, and people who shit talk Android, think about that. <laughs> I, I, Apple wouldn't have done that for you. Especially not after like two years of holding the phone. Like, and I say this as an Apple, I, I say this as an iPhone user um i would have been fucked exactly that android was that thing was there it's it was the best thing ever that phone was like and it had location on so you know location eats up your battery don't know how it did it this was a galaxy s8 charles s8 not even an s10 no it was a six yeah it was a galaxy s6 think about that next time you install android okay Samsung, please sponsor <laughs> us. Thank Gal- you very much. The Galaxy S6 came out like 2014, 15. But anyway. So wait, is Samsung me... going to be our sponsor? Okay, okay, okay. Samsung, let me, like, sponsor me. Sponsor me. I'm just saying. All of us, really, but. Okay, more of the story is that charge your phone before you start walking out in a place where you can't fully speak the language. It was an accident. We didn't intend to get lost, uh, obviously, sir. Obviously, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, let me get lost. Because like you're you're like because I was like like resourceful. If I, if I didn't have the language competency at that time that I had in that I that I that I had in Japanese, I I would feel so afraid going anywhere because like I don't want to get lost <laughs> or like go you know like you guys or like you're like so brave for like doing that because I couldn't imagine. Well, no, no, don't don't get me lying. I I was very. It's like for me, it's like. It's my personality is that like I I get stu I get very resourceful, like you not you never catch me slacking. So I get super resourceful mm-hmm. in times of need. I just hate the being in those situations. But actually, so when we when we first did get to Japan, so to put it in perspective, I'm a very independent person. I do things on my own. I don't care. I I like doing that by myself. I've never been more dependent on people than ever than when I was in Japan. Mm-hmm. It took me like about a month and a half to even. Thing to go to the store by myself because I would literally I was like so Gabby you want to go to the store real quick like yeah we're going to the store I would legitimately starve until somebody came to the yeah. store with me because I was like okay I know how to get to the store I kind of do now but I don't know what the fuck to say or I would just be worried about oh my god like, am I gonna sound fucking stupid or like they would just like elude me as to what to say so it took like a month and a half me to work up the and this is the most independent confident person that you know I was like I'm gonna look stupid man I don't know about that and then oh sorry just real one last thing and then it took me the last month I was in Japan to take the train by myself and I've I was so scared I was like what if I get lost what if my phone does what am I gonna do like super I was super panicked I had a Samsung (laughs) That Samsung was gonna come through and clutch, and like I don't think we could get sponsored by Samsung because this is like a. a, a if we did black in Korea, Japan. then we yeah, we just have like Korean right. subtitles. That's just that's what kind of like legitimize it enough. Or I'm gonna get some of my Korean friends that know that know Korean. And but start, like, um, but one thing I will say is, okay, I will certainly just get a cam. I'll get a, a Samsung camera. We'll record with that. Then they'll have the sponsors because they'll I see quality so, yeah. camera video on Samsung. Yeah. We love Samsung, but no, um, but definitely I'd say like living in Japan kind of humbles you because you're starting over with like learning how to read because when learning you study, how to walk. right. So when you, we study Spanish as an American, you know, or you study a, a European, study. like a Western European language, like you don't have to relearn European. the alphabet, but like from with, with Japanese, with Korean, with Chinese, you have to start all over from scratch. And I literally have asked like children, I'd be like, Hey, what does this say? Okay. Thanks. And the kid's like eight. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my God. oh, it's like so humbling and, and low-key embarrassing. And I'm like, hey, what, what does this say? Because I, I remember my host brothers when I was visiting, when I was in Hokkaido when I was 17. My host brothers were these three little eight-year-old boys, triplets, adorable. Oh, triplets, that's crazy. I know. I was just like, oh, there's three of you. Such sweet kids. And I remember I'd be like, I would watch them read things and I'd try to read like along with them. And I'm like... Fuck, they're reading too fast. Oh shit! Wait, how do they read that so quickly? And then like I'd be like, I was like, no, no, no. Like, how do you re- like? What is this? Like, because I couldn't read like the kanji. Yeah. Being in Japan, de- being in Japan, definitely remind like it, that's the only time a kid will ever have any seniority over you, <laughs> is in the most the most fundamental aspects of living, which is just communication. Is when a kid will be superior to you. You'll be like, um. Uh, well, how the alphabet goes again? You'll like stumble and try to be like, oh, I e n u, sashi say two, and then like it's two. You're like, <laughs> what I just said. 
Um, hi, hoo, hey, ho. I am like really laughing at this because I didn't. Okay, so this is song, total ten tangent. This is song by this band called Polyphia, um, and they like collaborated. No, so they're so they're so they're so they're American, but they collaborated with this half Japanese girl, um, and like in like the breakdown of the song, she like sings like the full Japanese outfit, like I oh suse so kaki kuke ko. Yeah, and it looks like yo. Bars. <laughs> Bars. Bars. like, yeah. There's like a, there's a warning on the screen there. Oh, Is if, that, if there's a warning, I think that's... I don't know what it says. Yeah. Okay, so if there's a warning on the screen, I feel like that should be a cutoff point for this podcast, for this pilot episode, but... Yeah, we left, we left off on such a... Well, it's like we just you blue ball, essentially. We're going to leave them wanting more. So. We're going to have to edit the hell out of this because we just talked about a bunch of random shit. No, it's fine. This is what podcast is for. You think Podcasts are supposed to be constructive. No, like, have you seen trash taste? They're no, they have no. They're if uh, they're a tree branch, they're a tree with branches. That's how Tia, bad they are. I don't know what that is. Okay, we are trying to be the black trash taste. That's where I'm like getting this. Goodbye. Are we? See you what is that? What, what am I? 